and this paper sucks for fountain pens. Well, who use fountain pens anyway? We use we use pencils here. Fountain pens, never heard of them. Welcome to episode 167 of the Erasable Podcast. I'm Andy Welfley here with my favorite classmates, Tim Wassum and Johnny Gamber. Hey guys. Hey Andy. Hey, Hello. what's up, man? We tonight is the night where we take our annual uh, crack at a back to school episode. Johnny, <laughs> I don't, I don't get what you just wrote, Johnny. Tonight's crack our to annual. School? Oh, crack to school! I just said it out loud. Okay, we're gonna talk about some. Okay. <laughs> okay, I get you. I smell what so you're. So many. Yeah, so many meanings. <laughs> let's get so let's get nostalgic for a bit. Let's talk about some of the pencils and erasers and sharpeners and accessories that we use when we were in school, and kind of how that's changed over the years. But of course, before we do that, let's talk about tools of the trade. Tim, what are you? What's your? What are you consuming and writing with and on? Yeah, well, a lot of Olympics. Oh, we've yeah. been consuming. We have been watching a ton of the Olympics, uh, which is we all kind of everybody in our house has our own favorite events, of course. Mine, I love, I'm for some reason obsessed with diving. I just think the mm. diving is like the most incredible thing. Ever. Yeah. I still think, I mean, I'll, I'll stand by this, but they really need one of these times at the Olympics to have just pick one dude and one woman, like just average people, and they have to try every event. <laughs> oh, you know man, it's like, like the benchmark. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. here's, here's what, you, like, you know, Viewer, here's what you would look like if you were trying the <laughs> the, the uneven bars. Like this it is ain't what would pretty, happen. folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or if you tried to sh- do the, like the skeet shooting competition and they just keep shooting off like clay pigeon after clay pigeon, <laughs> or you know, like the high dive. Gosh, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, make a, a release. Make a person run track and field like right next to all the other people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like so, on like the hundred meter dash, like in one of the semis, like you get to see them finish, and then you wait to see how long it takes the normal person to like get. <laughs> get to the end i mean these people are yeah. just they're superheroes it's unbelievable yeah. hey so, maybe you uh, can maybe you can answer this question about diving tim we were, katie and i were trying to figure this out as we were watching it there is a little like a hose or something that is spraying water like underneath the diving board mm-hmm. into the pool do you know what that's for i think i do know what that's for and there's something actually i don't know what that's for but i think i know what that's for i'm gonna mansplain okay. to you what that's for please do and then <laughs> And then I'm going to Google it because I okay. think I figured it out the other day. I yeah. didn't bother Googling it. But what I think that's for is when they're diving and they are have their focus down on the water, that that creates these little like ripples so they can oh. see where the water starts. That's interesting. See, or, that or that they, sense. it's either that or they feel it hit them. And that's yeah. how they know, like, it's time. Like we're yeah. going in. My theory was is that it's a way for when you're watching, it gives you a visual reference for if you're watching in slow motion or not. But mm-hmm. I I totally get that. Like it, yeah, it makes the surface kind of uneven so the diver can see when they're about to hit it. Okay. So at some point, while you one yeah. of you guys is just like yakking on about something, I'll <laughs> I'll Google that and I'll Perfect. follow. Up. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I can I, uh, yeah. I can absolutely yak on about the Olympics. We watched. I, I really love like the stuff that like archery. Like I watched a lot of mm-hmm. archery the other day, and just like just these like rando guys and i mean they make it look so easy they're just like pulling you know pulling the bow back and like getting ready to release and and at one point you can just kind of see their fingers just sort of like pardon the pun quivering and it's like Mm -hmm. you know that they're just like applying so much tension like those things yeah are probably so tense have you ever tried one of those bows no 
they are so hard to pull oh, back. I bet. Again, normal yeah. person. Yeah. It would just be me standing there, <laughs> not able to pull it back. I'd just be like, well, whatever. You know, I guess that's Odysseus over here can take care of it. <laughs> he can be <laughs> the only person who can string this bow. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I archery. So I just Googled it too. It's a surface agitator. It provides a visual cue for divers that help them visualize where the pool is in relation to their dive. You're right. Ma- mansplain successful. There we <laughs> well, go. <laughs> well, first you mansplain and then we internet splain. So yes, yeah. yes, the internet, internet okay. always, as you know, the internet is always true. Yes. Yeah. Especially when I'm right and yeah. it agrees with me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Lots of Olympics, lots of, we did lots of diving, lots of swimming, gymnastics, ping pong. Gotta watch the ping pong. There's oh, a 12 yeah. year old girl in the Olympics playing ping pong, which is really amazing. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And mm-hmm. skateboarding now? We watched some that skateboarding. That was super cool. Yeah. Yeah. That 13 year old girl from Brazil. Yeah. She's nuts. That was yeah. so cool. And then the uh, woman from the US who's like 34 or something. And I'm just like, she, yeah. she falls on the, on the just like off the skateboard i'm just like ooh, that's gonna hurt her way more mm-hmm. than it's gonna hurt that 13 year old girl from brazil <laughs> yeah. the 13 year old girl made of rubber because <laughs> yes. she's 13 she's gonna be fine yeah yeah so aside from that i have been listening to lots of sad music because of the cubs it means <laughs> okay so <laughs> time to mansplain a, yeah well this is this is sad splain is what sad, this sad, is. Splain. sad, sad splaining <laughs> is as listeners know i'm a huge cubs fan i love baseball and the cubs have had a really fun team to watch for like five years and the three main players that ever you know that i love everybody loves their names are anthony rizzo chris bryant and javi baez they're so entertaining they're so talented they're so great within 24 hours all three of them were traded and then they went to their new teams and they all hit a home run in their first game at their new team oh no so a lot of feels in this house. And Henry just got a fish and named him Rizzo. <laughs> and I was like, man, hate to break it to you. And then he like dropped it. <laughs> dropped flesh, it. Time to flush that guy. <laughs> this one's out. Yeah. Feed it to the cat. Yeah. But we, I, I told him that and he was like, I think I'll be a Rizzo fan no matter what team he is. And I'm like, dang you and your healthy mindset about sports. <laughs> <laughs> what if, so young. And what have I failed to teach you? you know, what have I failed <laughs> to teach? You? But I've been listening to, in all seriousness, though, there's this is not a, a new, you know, this isn't new music, but I've I'm rediscovering a Wilco album called The Whole Love, which is, I mean, ten times better than I remember liking it, and I loved it when I first heard it. I just didn't li- haven't listened to it in a while. It kind of hit at a weird time. I think when my kids were really little, and it was too intense for me at that point to like casually listen to because i was just listening to like something that'll bring my blood pressure down mm-hmm. yeah that raises my blood pressure so i wouldn't have listened to that, <laughs> that mm-hmm. baby shark but it's a great 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 album so i i highly recommend that wilco because i'm just getting pumped up for for live music we're going to see a concert in september as long as covid doesn't stop that too and so i've been listening to lots of jason isbel and dr dog who are going to be performing in bristol here close by we're going to see them at the Rhythm and Roots Festival. And then as far as reading goes, I've been re- rereading a lot of stuff for school. So Of Mice and Men, I'm teaching that this year. I was rereading that, reading those mouse graphic novels, which I think I talked about last time, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. But I read the second one, too. So that's something else I'm going to be teaching, which I'm really excited about. And then when we were in St. Augustine, I like, I think last time... We were on, I talked about graphic novels and how like I wanted to find more. I got a lot of awesome recommendations from people and I took some of them with me on the trip. I read the, the Handmaid's Tale adaptation on in the graphic novel, 
Oh, Ooh, neat. Yeah. Because I'd, I'd never read The Handmaid's Tale and I've never seen the show. So it was all fresh. And so it was like seeing it, hearing that story for the first time. It was really well done. I really enjoyed that and read it in like an hour and a half. It's but a cheery, it's really cheery story. Awesome. Yeah, it was great for a drive yeah. with little kids in the back. And then the other one I read that I absolutely love that I recommend to everybody is called Day Tripper. Have you guys ever seen, heard of this? <clears throat> okay, it's written by two, I think they're twins. They're they're Brazilian, they're Brazilian writers. And it's a, it's kind of hard to describe, but it, it is, it's about this son of a famous writer. And it's kind of his life story or like, it seems like it's his life story and the end of his life. But then it becomes this kind of crazy fantasy situation where you're reliving parts of his life that seem like they shouldn't go together because he's, you know, things like he's died multiple times. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's, it's hard to kind of decipher what's going on, but it's really amazing artwork and it's, it's very, very well written. So I, I can't recommend that one enough. I found it at the library and just loved it. Yeah. And then writing with, here I've got my Blackwing Slate, Black, Blackwing Slate, and also I actually have a fountain pen in front of me. And it's just what I was using all day today. And it's a clear pilot Kakuna that I put a, a stub nib, the medium stub nib in, and I'm using Diamine Oxblood. And it. so it's a very un kind of thing. But <laughs> I do have a Blackwing Natural here that is very special to me. A student, this is the one that I told you about a while ago that a student gave to me. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, my sister and my dad are like your show. And actually, one of the sisters that listens to the show is now is going to be my student tomorrow. And she walked up and talked to me the other day. It was pretty cool. She was like, I knew that my sister was reading Jurassic Park before she did because I heard it on your podcast <laughs> <laughs> when I had her sister last year. So, but yeah, so I've got a Blackwing Natural here as well. That's that's me. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Johnny, Back how about to you? school. Back to school. So we've been watching like so much TV that I don't want to tell you all of it, but we saw a couple like sort of short series that are definitely worth watching. One's called the night manager that was on. I don't remember where the hell it was on, but it, it's on Amazon right now with, Oh God, what's that guy's name? Tom Hiddleston. The guy that's like the just look, super look handsome. Guy. And yeah. And he's like, he's in everything. That was like, a, you know, uh, it's two o'clock. I should stop watching this kind of thing. And then we started the tunnel a long time ago. And on PBS, they cut out all of the bad language. And that show has a lot of bad language. So it wasn't even just that I'd prefer the language in. It was just really distracting. So we, we stopped watching it. And now it's on um, Amazon with all the F words intact. So super good show. It had uh, Stephen Delane, who is, who did he play? He was Stannis Baratheon. And he was Hawker in Spy Game. And he's just amazing in everything that he's in. He plays one of the stars and... I don't know how to pronounce her name. Clemence Posey, the actress who was Floor in uh, the Harry Potter series. She is the other lead. And uh, it's really good. It it opens up where there's a there's a body in the in the channel, like on the line between England and France. So they both have to go down and then they try to move it and it's in two pieces. And that's how the show starts. <laughs> like, nice, nice. Like, Damn, this is going to be a ride. <laughs> And I I read Underland by Robert McFarlane, the guy who did a they did a collab with Field Notes, I guess, last year, where they used the artwork from the cover of the book because it was just so cool, and it was just, like ridiculously amazing book, sort of like if if Sebastian Younger was a little more like not erudite but maybe like bookish. This he reminds me of that because this guy like doesn't write about it. He goes and you know camps out in Greenland for a couple months. Like geez, 
you want to learn about glaciers like you're not kidding <laughs> so that's really cool and there's a lot of neat stuff i did not know about what's under us and it's just a lot of cool stuff to think about you're like wow there's a whole other world underneath of us that we never think about like you know dead people and mines and all this crazy stuff so definitely a cool book to check out apparently there was it's sort of an informal sequel to a book you wrote about walking so obviously i have to go back and read that next and uh, yeah oh we also watched professor t on uh pbs so if you have a pbs subscription definitely check that out it's like mr but, mr t no <laughs> <laughs> not at all <laughs> doesn't pity the fool <laughs> does not pity the fool he, he doesn't pity anybody <laughs> <laughs> if, if you watch that that's totally true he doesn't pity anybody and i'm writing with in honor of our topic an eberhard faber american number two that's probably from the um, early mid 80s mm. so it it's like pencils were less yellow back then and age hasn't done any favors but it <laughs> writes great yeah nice yeah how about you andy Whew. also also watching a lot of olympics it's kind of replaced our usual post-dinner tv lineup just because like they start right around 5 30 here you can get to watch some good things we watched that really great oh really great moment live in the long jump last night where the the, the, oh, uh, so, yeah. the high jump i'm sorry where the the two guys were tied and you could just like watch them on uh like tv like that you could listen in as the ref was like oh it's a tie we can do a jump off if you'd like and the one guy goes can we can we just share the medal? Can we both get gold? And he's like, if you want. And the, the way that they both looked at each other and then hugged each other was so great. <laughs> the Italian guy lost. His yeah, he just then. jumped into yeah. the other guy's arms. Yeah, and the we we had just watched the clip of that. Yeah, the the the, the ref is like, I, we, that's a possibility. <laughs> he said something yeah. like that. And then yeah, the the Italian guy loses his mind. And then we were watching the hundred meter dash final replays today. Yeah, and the Italian guy wins. Oh, that big like buff he crosses guy. The finish line first. Yeah. Yeah. But then that same <laughs> Italian guy from the high jump shows up and jumps into his yeah. arms and is like, pissing him and stuff. It's like, we get <laughs> it. <laughs> he's, he's, he's like our resident celebrator or something. He's the uh, Adrian Brody. Is it Adrian Brody who just like lost his mind during like an award ceremony? It was like, what, like jumping around on the back of chairs and like, so, like many <laughs> years know. ago. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was. That's the guy from a be- It's a Beautiful Life, uh, Fellini or Roberto Bellini or yeah, that, that guy Bellini, Fellini. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. Not like just like a huge everyday sports fan, but I I always enjoy watching the Olympics, especially when you see like fencing and oh the long the kayaks that people ride. Like I just look at that and like I am just a worthless blob. Like <laughs> I can't do any of this. <laughs> so that that's that. Also started a new a new book called Changing Planes by Ursula K. Le Guin, and it's been kind of following me around in bookstores. I guess maybe I've been following it around in bookstores. But I was at Powell's in Portland last weekend, and I finally um, saw it, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy it. And I picked it up, and it's so good. It is kind of like it has so much in common with like. Douglas Adams, except it's not like comedic like Douglas Adams usually is. But the the premise is that like you can like eventually in this universe that maybe ours or maybe not like you can learn how to change like not planes as in like travel you know in the air, but change sort of like planes of reality and go to like alternate universes and and do that. But for some reason, you can only do it while you're in airports. And, and so you have to like be traveling or be ready to travel sort of like in 
in this plane in order to travel in those planes. And it's really interesting. And she just is so imaginative with like different kinds of people and cultures and worlds out there. And they're always like a little bit different, but they tell us something about ourselves, which I think is, you know, Ursula Le Guin's whole, whole shtick. So really good. Kind of a book, short stories that all interrelate. I really enjoyed it. And I am writing with, I have my my blue Palomino golden bear out here, but also I'm writing with that Jinhao shark pen that I got for Ooh. like three bucks from, I think, Goulet <laughs> pens. What color did you get? I got the the translucent blue one. Oh, nice. The blue demonstrator. And I, am, I have a um, translucent red. It's pretty. I, I like it. It's so inexpensive. And, but it's, and it's like, you know, not the best pen I've ever used, but it works great. Yeah, um, it's cool to look at, and I am writing with a really gorgeous ink that my friend Johnny Gamber gave me by G. Harban called Lier Sauvage. Yay! And uh, I'll talk a little bit more about ink in the Fresh Points. I'm trying to be mindful, of course, that this is a podcast about pencils. But uh, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, let's uh, jump into Fresh Points. Tim, do you wanna do you wanna start us off? Yeah, yeah. I've just mainly got the one which is uh, new field notes which it seems like we just had new field notes because we did yeah <laughs> they were a couple months late so i feel like these just came like a month and a half later which i think they said that when they released these ones they were like and don't worry the other ones won't be late because of this like they're still coming yeah you know, they had said don't worry they will be there and they've once again beautifully taken on a nature theme in their in their theme mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. bad writing you know theme theme <laughs> their theme is their theme yeah what theme is it? Well, their theme is their theme. And it's called Trailhead. And I, I mean, I am super excited about these these notebooks. They're really, really beautiful. Oh, it's yeah. a, it's a, my favorite thing at first glance is that it is, there have been ish, some, you know, some notebooks will come out and you'd be like, this reminds me of this other edition or this reminds me of, you know, whatever. And this one has some overlap, maybe in like the, uh, the map on the back where you see the trail going down. It kind of reminds me of the coastal one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that dark green and orange combination just, I feel like, makes it its own thing. Yeah. I love that orange. Like the, it's kind of a, you know, they always talk about like in the, the liner notes, they, they mention that it's like a, what do they call it? Thick brute force application of whatever ink. Yeah. This one really is. Like yeah. this one is like a little bleedy and that's the whole point, which is really cool. It says on the website, it says a sturdy forest green linen cover with an application of orange crown foil. Yes. Is that the, because uh, I don't have them in hand yet. So is that the foil stamp of the. It's it's a foil stamp, but it's not metallic really? looking. So it looks like, uh-huh. it looks like someone just took a big, like one, 1. 1.5 millimeter, like gel pen. That's bright orange and just like drew on with that. It's, it's like not super precise. So like when, and when it says, where it says fieldnotesbrand.com on the back and mm-hmm. like proudly printed and manufactured in the USA. Like it's, it kind of like bleeds a little bit. Which is which is really cool. So yeah, it's it's definitely like brute force. Brute force. And the texture is yeah. is really pronounced in a good yeah. way. Yep. Yeah. I think I I missed the word linen when I read about the the release. I was just looking at the pictures like, wow, that's so pretty. And then it showed up like, geez, this is even cooler in hand, which happens mm-hmm. a lot, but like literally in hand. Yeah. Ooh, rubbing it. And they they did that thing that I really love that they sometimes do with their lined notebooks where they have like a like a double line for the header and it's mm, a, yeah. and it's in a different color than the than the like regular lines so it's mm-hmm. the, the inside they use they, it's called a vanilla 
paper, so it's like kind of creamy. It's very creamy with a fine application of blaze orange and double knee duck canvas light brown soy-based inks. So the <laughs> the lines the lines are like the rules are brown, but the like header like double line is is the the blaze blaze orange. Yeah, Sorry. when I saw that, I was hoping it would be the paper from America the Beautiful, mm. which was so good. Yeah, and this is still good paper. It's not the same as that. Yeah, it's maybe not as thick. I can't remember how yeah. thick that one is, but I I love that creaminess and it it goes with the like that hunter green forest green so well. Yeah, yeah, that patch was super sweet too. Yeah, I enjoyed that. This so it makes me think of like camo. Yeah, so like. In like a good way, yeah. <laughs> not always a good way. Uh, yeah, camo in a good way. <laughs> camo in a good like, way, or, or like hunting camo or something. Yeah, I don't know that orange. What I like about this, like you know, it seems like there's. We've talked about this a lot before about how some editions are, like kind of a very literal theme, like the the ones to do with national parks are pictures of the national parks, and the ones like the mm-hmm. campfire ones are, like there's a picture of a campfire on it, but this one is like a little bit more abstract in this theme like doesn't there's not a picture of a trailhead or like like a you know i guess there's a map of the trail like because there is on the back, back but, but yeah yeah i just like because it's a little bit more like abstract in the way that it's approaching it which it's not some i think all of my favorite ones most of my favorite ones are like that yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, i'm man. a big fan i've got <laughs> As as of recording, I have some on their way, so I'm nice. I'm looking forward to. It. I, I haven't bought Field Notes in quite a while, so I, I'm sure I've you're running out. Work- well, actually, <laughs> I mean, for for me, running out means that I only have 20 notebooks left. <laughs> uh-huh. I think that's what I've got over there. I mean, I've used I've used a good bit, and it's been a while since I bought any. <laughs> I don't have that big of a stash, so this is definitely one that i'm interested in nice so yeah i was excited about it and what the we didn't talk about the extra you guys are the subscribers so it was was it the, i know you got a patch but was there something else oh just a patch but it was quite a bit bigger than i thought it would be mm-hmm. okay. like i was thinking like mirror cool. badge size it's yeah. more like you know bobcat size yeah this is like two and a half two and a half inch, inch, inches in diameter yeah yeah very cool yeah i mean i'm not a subscriber so i won't get but i, I that, that would be a very cool bonus to get i like like that yeah. we look good on a hat you know oh, it makes yeah. me want to get like subscribe and then get a hat to put it on or something oh yeah mm-hmm. and cool. the box this time well i guess for everybody your first sub subscription of the year has those little mice on it that's actually super adorable <laughs> i didn't get, well, i guess my kid, this isn't yeah i guess this isn't my last subscription um yeah mine always re-ups in the uh summer okay yeah maybe i'll get it with my my fall my fall up it's like it was miniature, <laughs> like my kids really all wanted it. Like, hell no, it's mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's that's all I've got. Nice. It's a good one. So, how about you, Johnny? So I released a scene where it's I shocking. wrote an ode. Yeah. yeah. You <laughs> did I, what? <laughs> I think I've done like five since the last time we recorded. Yeah. But, so in the last Pencil Revolution, I wrote an ode to the non-photo blue pencil, which is like a really great tool if you're doing zines. So at the risk of mansplaining, non-photo blue pencil is just a pencil that doesn't get picked up in black and white copies. So you can, you know, use it for layout and not have to worry about erasing it. Charlotte does, uses it for her cartoons about feral head. And that way she can just ink it and not, you know, risk messing up the paper. And then Blackwing came out with some last week, which is so freaking awesome. Hmm. And definitely the 
one I've been most excited about for a while. So I'm really looking forward to them showing up. It's part of their lab thing, which I didn't know was going to happen again. They did those. Oh God! Last time, two they, or three years ago. Last time they did it, it was that that one where you what they were using the the foil, the holographic foil stamps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it was. Oh, I forgot about that one. I yeah. was thinking of Black Friday. Yeah, they did the Black Friday one as the first one, which was which was a weird one because there wasn't was there anything like really labby about it? I can't remember. Well, they were just like black. experimental. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. They were, I mean, you know, black pencils, cool. Yeah. But this is just like bonkers. Yeah. Like they look cool because they're blue, but not all the way. And just that they even made one is awesome. I'm like so, really, really stoked. Stupid question. But the the photo, whatever, what is it called? Non-photo blue. Non-photo blue. So is that a certain shade of blue? Yeah. Or is it just that color? Like, is it just that that color doesn't show up? Or do they have to put something special into the... The anchor. It's that color, and evidently that color is also super far from black. So if you were to color scan it, it's really easy to digitally remove it too. But you can get pens, and it's, sometimes I make graph paper that's non-photo lined, so I can just put stuff in the zinging, and the lines won't show up. With limit, with different very different degrees of success, if you get the color wrong. But yeah, it's really cool. You can get mechanical pencils with it. Like I said, pens. I'm sure that you could come up with a fountain pen ink that would be invisible to a color copier, which would seem really cool. <laughs> and also pointless, but very yeah. cool. <laughs> like, I'm writing this and you can't copy me, jerk. It's like writing an invisible ink. Yeah. Like, well, then why'd you write it? I don't understand. You know, yeah, what, it's... You know what I want now with, like, if they're going to start experimenting with, like, different cores, I want to see, like, like a grease pencil and uh, one of those eraser pencils that you used to find all the time, like, back in the day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, in, yeah, in, yeah. A, in a black way. They have those cool, who makes them? Statler and Stabilo, where they look like a pencil and they write like a grease pencil, but they're water soluble. So oh, yeah. uh-huh. if you write on your, your mirror, it's way easier to get it off, <laughs> which is cool. Because, you know, you can go over someone's house and mess with them and write in their bathroom mirror and like, what did you do? And you lick your finger. And you're like, calm down. It's all good. <laughs> I do that all the time. <laughs> this is all just an elaborate scheme that I, and you fell for it. Yeah. <laughs> The regular grease pencils, when I was in grad school, I used to use them for logic because I was, you know, it was an affect like, oh, look, a beautiful mind. And <laughs> that really, really builds up on your mirror after a long time. Yeah. It was like really, really disgusting. I grossed myself out. <laughs> Just like Russell <laughs> I like, Yeah. <laughs> and even he used the wooden ones. I'm like, geez. I had like those, the paper wrapped like slab of literally grease wrapped up in a... No. <laughs> Moving on. We had those—the ones that you had to peel. Yeah, I could never peel them right. I could never yeah. figure those thing out. We had those when I worked as a when I went back in my days as a cheesemonger. <laughs> what? Uh, we had those for writing on giant wheels of cheese to like label yeah. them and put the dates on. And stuff. Wait, we're gonna have to have an episode where we talk about this. <laughs> yeah, we'll have Tim, a cheese episode. Tim, the after dark episode about cheese. Remember when we? Te- remember right after we got our tattoos, we went and had lunch at that like. That co-op, Johnny, in Baltimore? And mm-hmm. I think, Tim, you told us about about those days then. I think so. Yeah. Oh, I, I saw somebody doing it because I, I know how to. I, one of my favorite sort of like a parlor trick that I could do like at a party if I had an extra $200 to blow <laughs> is to buy a full-size wheel of Parmigiano-Reggiano, mm-hmm. which is like the size of a car tire. Yeah. And I learned how to to open them and like cut them up. Oh, yeah. And stuff. I was like, 
Oh man, so, I could do that and then give everybody free cheese. I want to invite you to a party and buy you some buy you some cheese. <laughs> so <laughs> if you uh, subscribe at the Parmigiano Reggiano <laughs> level on Patreon, <laughs> I will come, come to your house and, and cut the cheese. Tim is your personal cheese. <laughs> Tim is your personal cheesemonger. <laughs> I will cut the cheese at your house. <laughs> What's that smell, Tim? Artisanally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for, for the right to, you know. Okay. The artisanal That's cheese enough of, enough of, cutter whew. level. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, the only fresh point I have is to hawk my own wares, and that's that I started a penzine that I worked really hard on that is out, and that is it. Oh, and Andy has a really, really long article in it that was super good <laughs> that I hope he'll talk about. It's my, it's my opus. Um, did Brad? Brad contributed to it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brad brought the forward. Nice. I was thinking of like, you know, in academia, you get somebody that you think is awesome to write the foreword, but mm-hmm. I forgot to send it to them first because they're supposed <laughs> to send it to them so they know what they're talking about. So that day I'm like, oh, crap. Here, Brad, you're just going to have to trust me. He's like, I bet this thing is awesome. <laughs> yeah. But now his, who's his, to say? His foreword was great and like it was a lot of fun, but I'm just turning out to be, you know, all these things I didn't know what happened. Like, it's really hard to handle legal paper. It's hard to fold it. Then I was like, oh, crap, I need a new size of envelope. And then the shipping labels don't fit. So I, I've got it all figured out. I can't tell you how many times I've almost bought one of those like flyer, those paper folders on eBay that, you know, you can like nonprofits would use them. You would print it a paper out and you could fold it into a Z fold or like a trifold. fold just by sticking paper through it. It just goes whack, whack, whack. Just spits what? out a folded. Oh, yeah. You can buy a machine that will fold papers for you. Oh, wow. This one, I, w- I was going for like a newspaper look. Mm-hmm. So it's like half of a legal and then that's folded again. And then I have to unfold it and iron out the creases that creates and then fold back. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, I could, I could sit still for a while when I do that. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, but I'm getting in the way of you talking about green ink, which is always a fun topic. Oh, no problem. Yeah, well, speaking of Johnny's Penzine, I... It's been something we have brewing for an episode of Indelible, which is our our pen podcast, our Patreon-only pen podcast, and also something I wrote a little bit about for his issue, and then also is just something that's been in my head for a while. So as I'm sure I've talked about here before, I really love green inks, and it just never really occurred to me until Johnny sort of like dragged me into fountain pens kicking and screaming (laughs) that it's like, oh, hey, there's a bajillion green inks, and they're all a little different out there in the out there in the world for fountain pens. And so I was like, you know what? I, I, and oh, and also I found out that you can order like sampler sets on Goulet pens and Van Ness. They'll just send you like dozens of them. If yeah. You want. Dozens and dozens of them. <laughs> They'll just send you like two milliliters worth of ink in a little vial. And which is like, what, what would you say? That's like two, two pen folds or something. I would two or three. Yeah. Two converters. Full. I would say that. Yeah. I'll, I'll say that Van Ness is a little bit more generous of a pour than Goulet is. And also, <laughs> also maybe screws their caps on a little bit tighter because when, oh, geez. when my Goulet shipment arrived, there was a few of them that just like had opened a little bit and a, a few of the labels got completely soaked in some sort of a, a green ink, but. It's all right. There was still enough of everything left to at least test it. And then, so I ordered, I, I kind of went a little little ham on that. I, I, I now have 40 <laughs> vials of green, of green ink <laughs> samplers. I don't think I've ever heard that number. I'm like, that's, it's a lot. That's awesome. Yeah, it is a lot. It's gone up. A week ago, it was 33. Yeah, and I, well, and then I got my Van Ness shipment in. 
<laughs> so, um, Katie's like, honey, so uh, like, we have to talk. Um, <laughs> I also ordered a few, like there was a few blues that were just so gorgeous. I couldn't pass them up. And there was, there was one, like this orange that I saw that I just loved. So I ordered more than just greetings, but mostly greetings. And <laughs> I, and I, I also had one of those colo rings that Anna from Well-Appointed Desk makes and sells. The like Japanese, the blank Japanese flashcard looking things that you use for ink samples. I think we talked about that. Oh, you know what? We talked about it on Indelible. I was trying to figure out how best to like swab these inks. So basically what I did was I took a Q-tip and just made a swab of each of these inks on, on a page. And then I took this Kaveco and just used it as like a dip pen and just wrote like the name of the ink by, you know, the brand. And then I, I also wrote down when, when I, like the date of when I swabbed it. And I've definitely come to some conclusions about the kinds of greens that I like and I'll save like the full list the full reasons for for a different podcast but basically I've discovered didn't realize this before about myself that I I think I like it to have a little bit more yellow in it than blue not to make it like a really like olivey green ink but like something like wild ivy which is a J urban ink and then this one Johnny you sent me the Lier Sauvage is like has a really nice yellow in it yeah, did you try the olive green that they do? I think it's so. really super yellow. Yeah, yeah, and I think I mean the super super yellow. I think is not what I'm I'm shooting for, but something that looks just like it's kind of grassy looking, right? Like it looks mm-hmm. like like wild ivy does or something like that. So I really like that, and that's that's kind of my. So I have I think wild ivy is still my favorite, but I have a nice nice list of recommendations that um, will be in in Johnny's penzine. So <laughs> order order that to find out more. The next forty issues of Johnny's Penzine <laughs> will feature new new inks. <laughs> uh, Andy's column reviews of green inks. I told you I can't remember Michael. So Mike Hagen, Mike Hagen from Leadfast, also really uh, loves green ink. And at one point, he and I were going to start a green a green pen blog <laughs> called Green with Penvy. And it was going to oh, be. Oh, I could do it. It's a terrible idea. We just realized at that point we can't just take on any more, any more of these kind of projects. Yeah. But I think I think we're gonna for this episode of Indelible coming up. I think we're gonna see if we can get Michael Mike on as a as like, like a guest. Awesome. Yeah, because I mean, a it's been a while since we talked Heck to him. Yeah. Miss his voice, but then also, yeah, see what his thoughts are. So, yeah. So that's my that's my that's my green ink update. My fingers were pretty disgusting looking for a while. <laughs> at one point, <laughs> at one point in like the afternoon, I was sitting on a like a long call, just swabbing inks and. My fingers were just like so green. And then that evening I was like, we were having people over. I was cooking for them. And so I just, I was like, I just want you to know that I, my fingers are all scrubbed off. I think my hands like, are Who's clean. hungry? It just looks disgusting. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy your risotto. Yeah. yeah. So a couple weeks ago, I cut my thumb like really, really badly. And I had ink all over my hand because, you know, you do. Yeah. And it was, it was black ink. So for a long time, <laughs> actually it's still there. There's like this black line it, that's healing in it. And every time I show it to somebody, they're like, dude, something's in there. Like, no, <laughs> You're absorbing the ink into yourself. <laughs> I mean, it's even non-toxic ink. It was your bond. Yeah. So I think it's, it's natural black pearl, right? Yeah. They get it from black pearls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no problem. Sure. Look, I got a valuable thumb. Yeah. Well, speaking of inks and things like that, I went to Portland, Oregon last weekend. Just enjoyed a really nice kind of weekend away. And we stayed at a really cool, like a haunted old Victorian cool. kind of out. It's out cool. in the burbs. It was, shoot, it was like north. It's right by the airport. So like north, just straight north um, from the city. 
but really, really cool, really cool old old Airbnb, and saw so many so many ads for George Fox University when I was out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I found this. My sister's she's going to be back there this year. Oh, really? By the way, teaching online. Oh, okay, cool. They asked her to come back and teach online. Oh, so nice. She'll... Yeah, yeah. It was it was cool just to be like, oh, hey, I've guest lectured there before. <laughs> um, I found this really cool. I'm famous. Here. Yeah, this really cool place <laughs> called. Oblation Press, O B L A T I O N, and it is pretty amazing. It's a shop that that has, you know, gifts like like letterpressed cards and stationery, and they have a bunch of fountain pens and they have pencils. They also sell typewriters, old restored typewriters. It was super cool, and I met somebody there. We were, I was just talking about pencils with somebody behind the desk, as as you do, and was talking about the San Francisco Pen Show, and this this person behind the desk was like, oh hey, I'm going to the San Francisco Pen Show. It's like, oh hey, that's awesome. I'll be there too. Um, and she she looks at my like she looks she looked at my tattoo, and then she was like listening to me talk about pencils. And she's like, she's like, have you ever heard of this podcast about pencils? <laughs> and I was like, yes, <laughs> awesome. yes, I have. <laughs> and she's like, oh my god. So yeah, that was that was really fun. She she herself that, is more of funny. like a you know like a pen and stationery podcast kind of a person, but you know we travel we all travel in the same circles. So yeah, we had a nice chat. That we do. Yeah, that is very cool. Last thing I will mention is completely unrelated to any of that, but something that I have been pretty pretty into in the last wow few years. I I feel like I've talked about it in the show before, but maybe not. There's there's this little tiny like indie game console that is being made called a Playdate. Have we talked about this? I don't think so. No, you wrote about it in Disposable Issue 3. That's right. That's right. It, if you go to play.date, which is the best URL ever, this company that makes <laughs> Mac software that I've, you know, I've I've used their software for years and years called Panic just decided and they've also made some games. They made it the Entitled Goose game, which is a really great game. This one called Firewatch, and they they decided to they're like you know what we're gonna make a game console, and we have no experience with hardware, don't know don't know anything. So they they teamed up with this company that makes synthesizers called Teenage Engineering, and they I think they're based in Sweden, Norway, somewhere over there. <laughs> um, they they just made this super cute little tiny tiny game console four inches by four inches and like um, nine millimeters thick and it also has a crank on it and that is part of the gameplay like you can you can do things with that crank so like a fishing game or whatever and it's finally (laughs) finally finally after years and delays and setbacks from the factory they started pre-orders so place that pre-order so uh, if anybody here is uh, interested in a tiny little indie game um, console and likes. Do you mind me asking how much? Yeah, this game console goes for. It is one hundred and seventy nine dollars, and it oh, is yeah, not. That's not bad. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not cheap, but also they're doing this really interesting thing. At least during like over the first like several weeks, where they're releasing games in seasons. So like, hmm. if you buy one of these, and the original idea was, if you if you buy one of these, Quarterly like subscription, <laughs> not not quite, but like kind of like over the first twelve weeks, every every like let's say Monday, you go like a new little little game downloads to your play date and you can access it and play it. And with all of the delays and the extra cost and everything, they've doubled that to, to two games a week. So you get 24 games included in that. And they're they're made by well-known and also up and coming like indie game developers, which is really cool. So 
yeah, super super neat little device. I this is the kind of gaming that I like. I don't want to play like a big old like Call of Duty like or NBA 2K or whatever. I want to play just a, you have to put in like 400 hours to yeah, finish the game. Yeah, yeah. I just want something like little and quirky. And also, it's fun. It has a one bit display, so just black and white pixels, no grays, no colors. It's so like like if you like pixel art, like it's definitely going to be a cool thing. I am. That's very cool. We need to talk later because I've been researching obscure nintendo switch games Ooh, yeah so we'll talk we'll talk later Look. uh weird ones where you're like a lawyer in the game oh yeah <laughs> is that the one where you have to shout objection into the microphone in order to like stop i think so i have some okay i have some suggestions and some ideas okay there's one called baba is you that's really fun okay it's a, we'll talk. It's, okay it's a grammar okay. game this is this is a grammar game it's a grammar game it's, it's more like okay, um, let's stop let's just talk about it now so what Graham, talk just talk about it. So it's like a it's like a dungeon crawler. Like there's you know your little character and you go into rooms and you're trying to there's like little there's little things that are lined up. So there's like so you're a little character named Baba, and there is let's say like a flag in the corner, and over on the other side there are little blocks that you can move around. And one says Baba is you, one says flag is win. There's maybe another one that says like. Uh, wall is stop and you kind of quickly as you go you find out that you can not only move between things and move stuff around but you can move those rules around and so if you so it says flag is win so if you basically if you can get to the flag you win the level but if you can't get to the flag maybe you rearrange it so you says so it says uh, wall is win and then you go and touch the wall and you win or maybe you can rearrange it so so it says like oh like Baba is wall, and then all of a sudden, or like wall is you, and then all of a sudden you are the wall, and you can move it around. Things like that. Goodness gracious! Well, <laughs> so <it's... laughs> I'm now, now I'm going to be taking my switch into my classroom and being like, "Hey guys, look, hey, hey, fellow kids, video <laughs> yeah. games are cool." Right? <laughs> They're just like, "Please give me Grammar's some Call of Duty." Cool give me some Call of Duty. Yeah. It's yeah. I say it's more like. We're going to play Nintendo Switch. Yes, <laughs> we're going to play a game called Baba Is You. Ooh. What? <laughs> So, no, this I'm man. This, yeah less grammar more like linguistics or logic puzzles sure. maybe yeah. but yeah it's it's really fun cool. yeah so anyhow i that's the kind of games i'm i'm into just like like that sorry <laughs> stuff like that <laughs> write that down 49 <laughs> <laughs> that is that is it for fresh points yeah I yeah so so Johnny you suggested this main topic which was basically I feel like we've we've touched on it before when we talk about like kind of like nostalgic stationary and things like that but we've never really like kind of dug into like our off, like school supply experience compared to like compared to the kids nowadays like that kind of a thing right like like yeah. trapper keepers are coming back and you know have did yikes ever actually ever really go away like that kind of stuff <laughs> <laughs> the answer is yes but yeah i'd just love to to start the conversation what are what are some maybe let's start with this what are some some things you remember from your elementary or middle or high school days past that you just don't see anymore american pencils yeah and you had something you had a reason for that right like you were telling me a little bit about this yeah, so I'm older than you guys, and when I was in elementary school, we didn't have a trade agreement with China, so there were no Chinese pens. <laughs> At your elementary school? 
I mean, anywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And your Catholic school didn't have a trade agreement with China. <laughs> no, the, the United States. So sometimes there were like, you know, those those weird pencils where you would pull one, pull a tip out and put oh, it back yeah. on the end. And everything stationary was made in Taiwan back then. But I don't think there was a single kid in St. Thomas that didn't have American made wooden pencils. Cause like, what else were you going to buy? Yeah. If you were at the, you know, Kmart back then or whatever. I mean, I had, I had big old, these big giant, like dark blue Dixons that we used in grade school, like, like uncapped at the end. So, so yeah, even in the, I guess that would have been like the mid late eighties, probably mostly late eighties, still, you know, American pencils for as, as much as I can remember. You know, it's, it's interesting. I think about that. My elementary school was called e, uh, James B. Eads Elementary mm-hmm. in, in Munster, Indiana. And they had a dispenser, a pencil dispenser that you'd put a quarter into and you'd turn it and it would give you a pencil. Mm. Oh, it's... And, and they had printed these round pencils that said James B. Eads Elementary on the side of them. And the chances are pretty good, right, that those were made at Musgrave. Probably. Right. Or um, Eberhard Faber did a lot of that stuff back then, too. Okay. Anyway, so it's just weird to think about that because, like, that was kind of like, it was one little, like, kind of status symbol thing because it's like, oh, man, that pencil was purchased with it, your own money. It could also on, be um, on site. It could, that also could have been like a Harcourt pencil. Do you remember Harcourt mm-hmm. pencils? They're, uh, nope. I think their factory is in Indiana. Okay. They're in, yeah, Mil, Milroy, Indiana. And I think that they were mostly like, I think that they like customized pencils there. I think they're mostly known for like foil stamping and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah. That could have been it. But yeah, totally. Yeah, that, that would have been, oh, you know what? We didn't, we didn't talk about the new Scrave pencils. We should wait. Till, we should wait till we have them in hand and we can actually use them. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that feels that? embarrassing yeah, now. Well, like, I was so excited to suppose. But well, we haven't. Yeah. We haven't actually we'll, got a hold of one yet. So. Yeah, I want to. I want to have them in hand. Yeah. So that's. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm excited. It's true. Yeah. Anyhow. Yeah. Then also, like when I was in school, in I think in middle school, like if you didn't have a pencil, they would sell you one for ten cents, mm-hmm. which. 10 cents was a lot of money in the early nineties for a pencil, like 25 cents for a pencil is kind of a lot for yeah. like a student pencil. That's what I remember it as, but no, no, I believe you. I'm just saying like, man, that was, that's why it was a status symbol. It was Inflation, cents. man. It was rough. <laughs> like, damn. Now they're like $50 per pencil. We're all, we're all standing around the water fountain. Like, can you believe what they're charging for pencils these days? <laughs> like, this is my bling 25 cent pencil. <laughs> to get a second job, third job, keep me in pencils. <laughs> Got to get an extra block on my paper route just to pay for my pencils for this. <laughs> I really hope there are some kids that listen to our podcast that are in that situation. <laughs> it, it would build really good character. The, yeah, we, I, I, I don't remember, I don't think we had like a, like a pencil vending machine in my Catholic school. But I, I do know that, yeah, we just had like just a whole like box or bag of them just in the back of our desk. So yeah, they, I never kind of like ran out. And, and I, I also know at one point, oh man, at one point we had, the, cause they were all like dark blue, like a Navy blue and some of them are red. And I remember just like, but not enough of them are red. Like more of them are blue. So if you just got lucky and got a red one, like man, you were high on the hog. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Do you guys remember like kindergarten, first grade pencils, like what you sort of learned how to write with? Yeah, and I think that was those big thick Dixons that we were using. Were they laddies or were they the beginners? I want to say they were beginners, but I could also be wrong about that. I. Yeah, I've over the years I've talked to a few people who 
like are pretty sure like they know what they like what I was talking about. And I think that most of those are those beginners, but I could be totally cool. wrong. Yeah. Some of them could also be like I also could be misremembering. It could be could be just a giant like Eagle pencil, company pencil, or like an Everhard Faber or something too. It, it's probably a pencil that would fetch a nice price on eBay, right? right now yeah. For people who know what they're looking for. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we had a Faber Castell Goliath in kindergarten. Ooh. They gave us one of those, and it was like, "This is your pencil." I still have mine. How, I was, um, was going to say, is that how you remembered it? Because you you still have it, or you? Yeah, I have it. When I started the pencil blog, I found it and pulled it out. I wrote an article that was on Hmong being. It was like an online thing. It was like a lot of like nun nostalgia. Mm-hmm. It was sort of like traumatizing. <laughs> like, oh God. Even though that was, I didn't go to a Catholic kindergarten. But, in, but then they gave us these things that were, I guess they were a knockoff of the Dixon beginner pencils because they were fat and black, but they didn't have a logo. And they were just like hmm. freaking garbage. Yeah. And they gave us this paper that was like basically, you know, tan toilet paper with lines on it. Yeah. And it was really hard to write on and impossible to erase on. Yeah. And it was it was not pleasant. At at my school our paper, like the the photograph papers were reused from like paper on the other side, just to reuse paper. And there's a big, big hospital across the street from from my grade school and they would just send us old medical records because HIPAA was around oh, wow. back then. So we were just like writing on the back of like medical record <laughs> printouts at school. Oh my God. Yeah. It's like, oh, this guy's chief complaint is <laughs> the chest. Back, back in those pre-HIPAA days. Pre-HIPAA uh, days, man. <laughs> there's a... Learn about every, there's every, an episode, everybody's episode vaccine. title. Yeah, everybody's vaccine status is <laughs> on there. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Just like put the paper over. <laughs> like, Derek, your dad has diabetes? How do you know that? <laughs> Sorry about your dad, man. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about your dad. Uh. <laughs> this got really dark. <laughs> As it does. Were you were you all using what kind of notebooks were you buying? So I I remember being pretty dedicated to the sort of novelty spiral notebooks, you know, I'd have baseball teams or star Wars or something like that. But I remember the big status symbol was always the five star notebook oh, by yeah. Mead. And then once you got into high school, if you were walking around with a five subject, five star notebook, that made you 12% smarter <laughs> than everyone else around you. So oh, man, we probably allowed to use those until high school. We could, we only had Well, that was high school. I'm it. talking about high school. Like when we got to high school, when you started carrying those around, that was like, oh man, yeah, look how thick together. that notebook is. I, <laughs> I always, even even then, I was, and this bugs me to this day, but even then, I was like, you know, I took way more notes in some classes than in other classes, and if you fill up one of the subjects while the other one was still like halfway through, like that just bugged the heck out of me. Well, I mean, that that makes sense though. You're not being particular, like. Then you've got to get a new notebook, and then you have two notebooks, and that defeats the purpose of a five. Exactly, notebook. exactly. Like, <laughs> damn you guys! <laughs> five stars, more like one star. Um. Yeah, I, I had those in high school, and I immediately went back to composition books for college because they're more durable. And yeah, when I was in college, we had there was the stock of Roaring Spring, the um quote unquote premium ones that are actually eight and a half by eleven and aren't um, rounded cornered. And every semester I would buy, you know, five or whatever of them. And the next semester I'd come back and the exact ones were still sitting there. It took until my junior year for them to all be gone. And I was like, crap. And we didn't have the <laughs> internet to buy stuff from. 
So that was sad. I had to get the lesser quality ones with lines. That was horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember I had, I mean, all of the cool, like bright color nineties, I think mostly shoot, were they mostly mead? I think so. Just like spiral bound notebooks where, you know, the spirals eventually got like kind of squashed in your bag, but like had those really great, like just bright, bold colors on them that like are kind of back in, in fashion now. <laughs> kind of va- yeah. kind of vaporwave. And this, these kids don't know how good they have it with the double O binding. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> we had them where you carry it in your backpack for one day. Now it's squished. Yep. By the end of the week, half the notebook's gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you, you have the, the one kind of like rogue end of your spiral that's like tearing a hole in the side of your backpack. <laughs> yeah. Or your leg. kids who always had like a hole that was like being bored in the side of their backpack. <laughs> yep. If you ever noticed that. As a... You're like, Oh, man, I get you, man. I understand what's happening with you. As a fidgeter, sorry. <laughs> as a fidgeter, I would definitely pick at the end of the spirals to like make them longer, and I would like poke little holes in my erasers with oh, it. Man. Like, like my my fidgeting sensibilities outweighed my like be respectful of stationary responsibility. Like, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, yeah. my 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 favorite stationary fidget when I was in, especially in high school, I remember doing this a lot was that I had discovered the pilot G2 mm-hmm. and I would like, you know, that scene in Forrest Gump where Forrest Gump's like disassembling the gun real fast and then mm-hmm. he puts it back together. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're doing I would do that. Like, I would do that in Gump. class but with a pilot G2. <laughs> I'd be like, Shh, and I'd like disassemble it. I'd take apart the clicker and I'd take off the spring and I'd take it all apart. And then I'd put it all back together as fast as I could. Um, <laughs> now do it with one arm behind yeah. your back and blindfolded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Not blindfolded. Yeah. yeah. I totally could have done it too, but that was, that was my, my fidget of choice oh, in yeah. class. I never got called out for it, but I used to do that all the time. <laughs> and, but I, I love that, that G2. I actually have some notebooks from when I was in high school. And I wrote in that, like, it was like a point, the zero five pilot G2, mm-hmm. which now as I'm, you know, a grown ass man, <laughs> that was way too skinny. Like, <laughs> it's like, I look at my writing and I'm like, what were you thinking? man? Like, <laughs> you look like a child. Like, it's <laughs> shows my, shows my bias a little bit, but I'm just like, man, like my, my handwriting looks ridiculous with that tiny little line. <laughs> and now I've got this big, like, you know, I'm using the 10, like twice as big, Yeah, <laughs> big loopy handwriting. But I, that was, you, yeah, I did that all the time. Do either of you remember the first time you switched to pen and what grade and like what pen it was? Yep. <laughs> What do you think? Oh, you can go first. I'm the oldest, and I'm going to go first. Is that you who said yep? Yeah, but I'm the oldest. Don't make no, me go, go ahead. first. You can say. This is a safe space, John. Yeah. No. Oh, we weren't allowed to use them until <laughs> fifth grade. It was like a really big deal. Yeah. And then I had blue paper mates. And Ooh. then I had the U.S. government click pens that I stole from my father. Oh, the skill craft. In the army. Yeah, so I have a serious soft spot for those things. Speaking of taking mm. pins apart. Skillcrafts are super hard to find nowadays. Oh, you can get them on Amazon in a box. Oh. And they, <laughs> maybe I'll do that. Oh, man. Yeah. This is so hard to find. <laughs> they have like needlepoint ones. Yeah. They have recycled plastic ones. The last time I saw them oh, outside yeah. of a post office was I was at <laughs> I was at the Buca de Beppo in Orlando, Florida, and they had Skillcraft. Yeah, pens. my dad my dad's got a well, I think you guys might have seen his garage full of stuff. Sometimes they'll find stuff. So he'll find like a box of them. He's like, you want these? And of course, they're 20 years old. They don't work. Yeah. But he gave me some Skillcraft pencils this past weekend when I saw them. Ooh, which made me very happy. Yeah. 
my that's cool my first so in fourth grade we got to use we got to switch to pens and mm-hmm. it just so happened that i went to the oh shoot what is it? it's the the cleveland museum of of arts uh, like shoot kozai what's Kozai Museum. Kozai Museum. It's the, oh, you know, it's the Center of Science and Industry in Columbus, Ohio. Mm. My, like, just that summer, my parents and I went there for, like, a like a family trip, and I bought a Fisher Space Pen that had the space shuttle on the side of it. Nice. And that was what I brought to school with me as my, like, my first pen. And I don't remember how long I had it before I lost it, <laughs> but it was... <laughs> Man, it was an expensive pen too. Like I bet my parents were mad, but it was, that was the first pen that I got to use. Impressive, yeah. though. That's a good first one. Yeah. yeah. The I think mine was I think it was fifth grade for me, and the first one I remember. I think I have this memory that the, the we were only allowed to use pens if we had erasable pens. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! And it was those ones. I think it was Papermate that had like the big kind of like yeah. pencil style eraser on the top. It's all blobby, those blobby and greasy. Garbage. Yeah. Oh, they were garbage, like so terrible. It was, yeah, it was, it, was, it was disgusting. But I do remember <laughs> getting into middle school. So middle school for me would have been 2000-ish, like around oh 2000. <laughs> and so I was in <laughs> middle school in 2000. And that was when, or at least as far as I remember, that's when jelly roll pens like exploded. Yeah, literally exploded. Every, everybody was obsessed with jelly roll, like gel pens, like jelly roll pens. And so that was kind of the hot commodity yeah. at that point was in, you know, the, they, that was when they, they had come out with like the metallic sparkle ones. Oh yeah. Which if you were a dude, you had to have like mostly like the black one because <laughs> you could still feel like secure Yeah, um, <laughs> as a middle school boy. You'd be like, this is nickel. It's like sparkly black. It's like the sun or it's like stars or whatever. But I remember that being a big deal. Yeah. I remember liking them for the most part. Cause I think it was just something different. Yeah. But I feel like the form yeah. factor of those jelly roll pens have not changed. You can still buy those exact yeah. ones. Yeah. Johnny, Johnny and I, when we, we met up in DC, when I was there with XQ, the XQ group, we went to that, remember Johnny, we went to that stationery oh, store. At, uh, oh, Jenny Bick. Yeah. And we were looking at that, like they had a display of the, the jelly rolls. They look exactly the same. Hmm. They have some really sweet colors too. They have a blue and the they red one, so black or white paper. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Dreamy, very cool, really dreamy. Yeah. Now, now I gotta, I gotta say this about elementary school pencil use specifically, and this might have been my, this might be a like a core memory for me with stationery. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but when I was in fourth grade, my my teacher was named Mrs. Harveth. H a r v e t h, which Harvest. still seems still seems made up. Leave the Musgrave Harvest. So was Miss Harvest, uh-huh. and she was awesome. And she was a great teacher, and I remember that she seemed baffled by this. But there, the, this mania came over my fourth grade class because we were all obsessed with the pencil she was using, which was a, a mechanical pencil. Excuse me, but I was a child. I was just <laughs> okay. a dumb kid. But it was a it was a, a mechanical pencil that looked very much like a regular pencil that she always had. I guess like she probably bought one box of them. It wasn't because she loved them, it's just because she had was them. Was it the zebra number and two? I, no, it was the paper mate sharp writer. 
Ooh, yeah. those things were nice. They were called the Scripto something when I was young. That was like my first mechanical pencil. Okay, so now they're called the Papermate Sharpwriter. They vaguely resemble a pencil. Yeah. They're yellow. They have a pink eraser, and they have, and you twist them by twisting the what we would call like the collar mm-hmm. on the wooden pencil. Like mm-hmm. you, and we were like, I remember we were all just hounding. We're like, what is that pencil? <laughs> like we got to have one of those pencils. Come, on. can I have one of those pencils? Like where'd you get that pencil? And she and I remember her finally being like okay fine <laughs> you want one of these do this and she had some task force that she gave us and she's like if you do it i'll give you one and then like the people who did it got one and it was just kind of like yeah <laughs> then you realized it was yeah, 80 was... cents for a dozen at, at walmart <laughs> we did it we did it yeah and then you try it and you're like it's fine this is all right. <laughs> those are the but we were so obsessed with getting those those are the mechanical pencil of choice in the office like the office stock room of facebook Really? Oh, really? Yep. But they're they're not technically refillable. Like you can, but you have to take a piece out that you're not supposed to take out. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you? I thought you just pull the eraser out. Then all you have to no, do. They, they, you have to like pull the eraser out and like kind of get that last little nib out of that black thing, and then jam another piece in, and then screw it back down. <laughs> There's a. I'm looking at the packaging now. It says less lead breakage. That's yeah. BS. Target has I mean, them in what, colors. Multicolored. Yeah, I've possibly. Okay. I've seen like translucent Ooh. ones before. Are they like that, or are they like way cooler? Yeah, these are these look kind of translucent. They're like purple uh, and blue and pink, and it's a twelve pack at Target for three bucks. Oh, I'll send the, I'll send this to you. <laughs> Johnny's like going to BRB, going to Target. It's on. <laughs> I'll get the beach next get week. Get Uber like, to Target. Hey, let's Come go on, to Target. Let's go. <laughs> they're open for they're open for twelve more minutes. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really just like our like our when we got into mechanical pencils, it was really just like the oh shoot, what are they called? The Bic, the Bic clicks, oh, right? The, um, Clickster or whatever. Yeah, just like the the one is was always like like a black barrel, but it had like a multicolored clip on it. That's a great pencil. Yeah, it worked really well. It was very good for doing that thing where you you click it all the way out and then you like shoot it into your arm like you're injecting yourself with something like. <laughs> Very good for that. Well, that. That one time you don't click it right. Yeah, like, oh, you no, actually no. do eject yourself with a big old core graphite. When I was younger, they were tan and brown, which was hideous. But like, if oh, you could wow. find those now, they would be so fat. Oh yeah, like track those really, down. really nice. Yeah, I yeah, and they always like they were always a little squeaky. If you remember, like mm-hmm. writing with that graphite was just like, yeah, just like especially filling in like a like a standardized test. Yeah. How'd... I'm going to find a picture of this. Sorry. <laughs> Did anybody here have any of like sharpeners other than the, just the big old like Boston on the, the classroom wall? Did you have like a little handheld or any of that kind of stuff? I mean, yeah, they always sucked compared to that. Yeah, yeah. that's just, my like... exact answer. Yep. Like I, I do remember them, but they were always terrible. Yeah. It was just like a waste of time. So, and did they have like, you know, the crank sharpener when you guys were in school? Oh yeah, they had oh, that yeah. big old. We had one. Oh shoot, what was it? It was. It oh, I can't remember. It was in middle school. Our our school was that K through eighth grade, so our middle school was like just a wing of the grade school. And I think like our science teacher had an old Panasonic like electric sharpener that was on her desk, and you could use that. And it was everybody just liked that better because it was electric. But yeah, we mostly just had the crank sharpeners. I remember yep. the, as it should be, in, in a lot of ways in elementary school, but the art teacher had the best sharpener. Oh, I bet. Yes. Yeah. 
So you go in, go into her room and you, it was always kind of like, make sure you sharpen before you get out of here. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, <laughs> Note to self. Cash in that opportunity <laughs> once a week. We got once a week in art because George Bush. So let's, <laughs> let's make sure yes. we sharpen our pencil. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the ones yeah. that we had were, they were probably like as old as the school. They were garbage. They didn't sharpen your pencil so much as just like, you know, mulch it all over the floor. <laughs> yeah. Mulch it. <laughs> it was, you know, everything would come That's out looking nice. flaky and I just thought pencils were stupid and it turned out that, that those sharpeners were just crap. Yeah. They just, yeah, just like taking a weed whacker to the wood on your Yeah, pencil. I mean, I probably could have chewed a better point <laughs> if I had better coordination. <laughs> now, but at my kids' schools, they're all they're all electric now. They don't, they don't mess around. Yeah. And one of Charlotte's classes, I guess this is two or three years ago, somebody put their pencil in backwards and ruined it. And like the class was not allowed to use their pencil sharpener until they owned up to it. It's a big bunch of drama over a $25 pencil sharpener. Oh, yeah. Oh, I bet. But I remember you know, this. Kind of, I, I think I remember hearing about that. Yeah. I got to build character, yeah. I guess. Yeah. We had a. <laughs> it was not my child. So, so in my, in my Catholic school, in the evenings, sometimes they would have the. The CCD students, do you know? Do you know what I mean by that? Oh yeah, like the yeah the kids who are like the public school ruffians who are like you know like doing classwork to become like confirmed, and we always like, and who knows if it was actually them? They were always like blamed for the stupid crap that people did. And at one point, one of the things that happened was somebody put a a couple like partially unscrewed rollerball pens on top of the fan blades in the classrooms like the the ceiling fans and so the next day you turn on the ceiling fans and they just like fly out and just get ink everywhere everywhere oh my god that's brilliant (laughs) it happened one day and i remember we all walked in and it was just like what is this and there's ink everywhere yeah that would have been me if i had a ladder (laughs) So well, I don't, don't know if actually was we definitely blamed it on the you know the the godless uh, CCD students. Jeez, <laughs> oh, <laughs> a Catholic school perspective. Yep, <laughs> they're not like they us. go to public school. They're like you know they're pretty rough. <laughs> Meanwhile, they didn't get beat by nuns. So <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> we were tough. <laughs> you guys don't even get beat by nuns. Come yeah. on. Like, have you ever even been a kid if a nun has never has ever like raised her hand to you? <laughs> <laughs> so okay, a couple couple other things. I, I'm I have I want to see if you have like disparate memories of things that happened, like like Tim's thing about the like assembling and disassembling the the pilot G2s. Mm-hmm. Like I have I have two of them that I want to share, and I want to hear like if other people have similar sort of like little vignettes of memories. One of them is something you could do in first grade with in sister sister Mary Gertrude's class. Sister Mary Gertrude Ann is her name. She was she was pretty scary. She like one of the activities you could do is she had this box full of like like cardboard shapes. Like this is the shape of a rabbit and this is the shape of a I don't know, fish, an octopus or a whatever. And you could put that on paper and you could trace it and then you could take your pencil and fill it in with like just like straight parallel lines, like thin to to like fill it in. Don't know why we did this. I wonder if it's like some sort of like a really old timey holdout from when Sister Gertrude was was young. Did either of you ever do this? No. I still don't understand what you're saying. I'm pretty sure it's busy work. You okay. that's what it sounds you like. You just traced shapes onto paper and then you 
then you fill in like then you take off the the stencil and then you just like fill it in with just like lines so instead of like coloring it in you're just like drawing lines to, okay. to fill it in was it to build coordination i now that i think about it more i think it was just to shut us up <laughs> but like, like Catholic school yeah i i have no idea i'm gonna do a little research and see if this was like a common practice in like the 50s when she was a kid but we need to come up with like an erasable like stencil oh yeah of this so that we can have people do it and like <laughs> submit to us like oh yeah yeah oh that's a good <laughs> like idea sell it to people to unleash on their children for yeah. a lot of money we'll kickstarter <laughs> it get it made out of brass <laughs> like we did tracing and the the other thing that i always did was whenever i got a new eraser like you like it was usually a pink pearl but sometimes it was like the white one or whatever that same shape i would i would like take my my pen if i had a pen or a pencil or whatever and i would draw like little tires and windows and turn it into a car did anybody else do that <laughs> yes yes okay good. i do have memories of that yeah. yeah knight rider was a thing when i was in elementary school oh so yeah i had kit pink kit all the time. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> elementary david hasselhoff baltimorean oh he's about baltimorean yeah i didn't realize that that's that's not something that anyone's proud of <laughs> neither him nor baltimore <laughs> The country of Germany is yeah. They're like go Baltimore. They come. They're traveling to. Do you ever hear that he was like huge in Germany with his translation, like the trans the German translation of his songs? Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. His pop songs were like huge in Germany. So you're gonna have like you're gonna have tourists that are there to see where the Hoff grew up. I mean, I don't hang out with people who listen to uh, David Hasselhoff, so I'll take your word. <laughs> I don't know for what kind of life you're living next, there. Next time we're together, that's all we're doing. Oh hell yes! So I just I just googled elementary school tracing to try to figure out what that was all about, and the only thing I'm getting is COVID contact tracing for schools. <laughs> <laughs> Sign of the times. And... <laughs> Sign of. Thanks really for listening, yeah. folks. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Any other like, disparate memories you you need to validate if this was just you or if this was like a thing? I have a little one. Like when we got to middle school, they took away our pens and made us use pencils again. Oh. In sixth grade. And like, it's like, what the hell is this about? And they were like really weird. You had two yellow number two pencils and one eraser in your clear pencil case on top of your books. Hmm. Like that was it. They were so strict. Hmm. But um, like couldn't have more, two, more than two pencils. And yeah, I don't remember when they gave us pens back. Were people but... like stabbing each other with pens or like, I wonder why they did that. I, we we had, this is like a longer episode. We had a really sadistic nun as a, who ran our middle school and she would just like get something in her head and like, yeah, we're doing handwriting. So I had handwriting classes until eighth grade because she didn't like our handwriting. <sighs> so it could be related to that. Yeah. I don't know. But, or maybe she was just really mean. She took all her is pens. Is she the John Gambert, you're a will worm one? No. No, this woman is terrifying. I wouldn't go near her if I saw her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, she owes me a lot of therapy bills. <laughs> yeah. I think I think I, I think I sense a new Tuesday zine. <sighs> yeah. The one I have for tomorrow is I hate people who exercise. The the upshot is that exercising is lazy. Because if you want people to like you, you should develop a better character. And it's much easier to do some crunches. <laughs> so, like, you're not working on yourself. You're just working on your belly. And that's that's lazy. It's uh... and, and this, I am, like, the most hard-working some gun you're ever going to meet. Because I don't exercise. <laughs> Ooh, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Tim, what about you? Any interesting memories of uh, stationary uh, use in school? Do you all play pencils? Gosh, yeah. No, we've yeah. No, I don't think I never played that. I mean, I do have, and this is, I mean, a little cliche, but I do have a, definitely a, a memory memory of uh, being in. CAD, I don't know, what do we call it? It was CAD class, but like where you learned how to use AutoCAD mm-hmm. to like do drafting computer. Yeah. Computer drafting. And I remember that was the class where we had, it was in seventh grade. Maybe and we had first discovered the uh, taking a wooden pencil, a sharp wooden pencil and throwing it into the ceiling. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> game. Agent that was the first time. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first time we had ever done that. And I remember it being like a thing in his class and every day he would be like, Yes, just you just gotta stop doing this. Like he would get so mad at us. He would yell. would be like, "It's like, dude, we just want to yeah. do it more now." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you shouldn't. Have it's said like that. the fact that you don't like, you don't seem to know who did it, even though it's above us. <laughs> right. Like, it's you right start, there. You know, it's doing them in a slant, like throwing your voice. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't me, but it's right over your head. It wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't me. Come on. But uh, yeah, it's just like. But that, that, so that's one that comes to mind. It's just like yeah. the memory of throwing pencils into the ceiling, which is the thing which you can't do with a mechanical pencil. It's true. Yet another reason why they're they're just the worst it's garbage. Yeah, yeah. My wood clinch post that gets one of the most traffic still to this day is where I kind of reminisce over the game of pencils and like you know trying to figure out if, if other people played this. And sure enough, yeah, people are just like, yeah, we sometimes people are like, oh, we called it this this different thing. We didn't call it pencils, but yeah. And what I'm referring to, if you haven't read it, is just like the when you take turns trying to hit each other's pencil with your pencil to try to break the other pencil. Oh, we just called that pencil fight. Yeah. Yep. That's a. We were not allowed to do it. We were getting a lot of trouble. There's a. And it used to be. It was like 10 years ago. I should check to see if it's still going on, but there's a pencil fighting league in Seattle that was going on. And there people would dress up in characters. Like there was the Taekwondo robot who was a. Oh, my God. That's awesome. of the pencil fight. Yeah future olympic event yeah i hope i hope so i mean 2024 is coming up yeah yeah and it's in paris like totally cool yeah would it be a winter sport i was just wondering that is this a winter sport or a summer sport like i think it's an indoor sport so yeah both yeah yeah i think you need to make the athletes compete in just like really little tiny like like clothing like like the summer olympics so It's probably a summer sport. I have a pencil fight speedo that's left over from eighth grade. Yeah. I don't know if do, I'm still do we all? <laughs> I mean, I don't think I can wear it out in public. <laughs> you probably or, should. Or have any more children. All right. Okay, that was weird. <laughs> Anything else we want to talk about before we button this guy up? Yeah, I was going to ask you guys about erasers. Oh, yeah. Did you guys have anything interesting? Like, we had, you know, pink pearls. And there'd yeah. be like that one kid in the class with an art gum, and you're like, what the hell's wrong with you? Toward. Toward the end of high school, maybe maybe even early college, I I discovered yeah the the like moldable erasers, and I definitely switched to that because it was an extra thing to fiddle with. But it was pink pearls most of the most of the way for me. Yeah, my my mom is an artist. She did architectural renderings where like yeah she'd get blueprints and then she would mock up what it would look like, you know yeah in person. And so I have. The moldable erasers, those kind of like, what do you, what, is that what you call them? I mean, just um, oh, the erasers, but like, needed erasers. Yeah. Yeah. Needed erasers. Those were all over our house. Hmm. So that was, that was definitely the, the primary one 
in my mind is is just remembering using my mom's kneaded erasers that she had. I do have and everything other than that was just kind of like novelty erasers, yeah. you know, things yeah. that resembled other things or things that I got at the book fair or things. Got a that lot of those for Halloween. I got, a, got a Cubs game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that kind of stuff. I would but the kneaded erasers was like the most actually useful one. Yeah. So Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, those were and and I I at one point, I also really loved the black pearls, so the the ones that are yeah, just more, more rounded. I still I still really love those. Yeah, they just look like the way they feel, like little worry stones or whatever. Cool. Anything else? Y'all want to? No, I mean, I I apologize to any nuns that might listen to our podcast. <laughs> I, I don't. No, I don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you chose. I, this if you want to apologize. Yeah, if you apologize to me on behalf of some of your uh, ancestors, that that would be good. I'll send you a thank you card. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's uh, let's button this up. Johnny, where can people find you on the internet? You could find me at pencilrevolution.com and on social media at pencilution. Pencilution. He puts the U in pencilution. You should put an umlaut on it. Pencilution. Pencilution. <laughs> Tim, how about you? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Tim Wassum, and you can find me on Instagram at Timothy Wassum. Perfect. And hey, how's it going trying to get Tim Wassum back on Instagram? Haven't tried yet. Okay. I talked about it. I was a lot of talk the last time. No, I, <laughs> I take that back. Actually, I did. I did. I did try it very briefly, but the, it was kind of the kind of thing where I I was having so much trouble getting into the email that I originally used that I just gave up pretty quickly. Mm. So yeah. I'm weak. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. True. So, <laughs> but you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. <laughs> and I am my website is Andy.wtf and I am on Instagram and Twitter as at a Wolfley. And on LinkedIn too. In case you wanted to find me on LinkedIn. This is the Erasable Podcast. We are erasable.us. You can find a recording of this episode and show notes at erasable.us slash 160. We are also on, we have a Facebook group that is one of the best corners of the internet. Just search on Facebook for Erasable Podcast Pencil Community. You can find our Facebook page, our Twitter, and our Instagram as at Erasable Podcast. And we have a Patreon. You can give us a little money each month for some extra content and kind of to keep us in pencils and to keep our website up and running. And speaking of pa- of Patreon, we have several, many producer level patrons who you know give us a ten dollars a month or more, and we just like to like to thank them thank them by name. So huge thank you goes to Chris Jones, Dave Tubman, Stuart Lennon, Jay Newton, Hans Zudelman, Kelton Weens, Larry Grimaldi, Fourth Letter. Bobby Letzinger, Kathleen Rogers, Alex Jonathan Brown, Johnny Baker, Mary Collis, Leslie Tuzet, Dave McDonald, Jason Dill, Random Thinks, Thomas Eckerberg Anderson, John Bainon, Chris Metzkis, Michael Hagen, Measure Twice, Joe Crace, Lisa Baby, Think Travel Eat, Gangster Hotline, Ann Sipe, Tana Feliz, Chris Ulrich, Sarah Hunter, Jacqueline Myers, Michael Dialosa, Jenny, I think these are more than just the producer level people. Bob Oswald, <laughs> Hunter McCain. I'm just going to say them all. Uh, give everybody a thank you. Terry Beth Ledbetter, Millie Blackwell, Franklin Furlong, James Dominguez, KP, OA Pryor, James Spears, Jamelia, Ali Sarah, Judy Molnar, Gary Varner, Andrew Squish, Paul Moorhead, Kyle, Andre Torres, Diana Oakley, Stephen Fensali, Allison Zepeda, Chris L., Aaron Willard, Harry Marks, 
Adam Prabola, Jason Santamaria, Dave, Tom Keekley, Bill Clough, Miriam Burkout, Bill Black, Donnie Pierce, Andre Prevost, Nate Raybeck, Phil Munson, Larray Smith, David Johnson, John Wood, and Scott Hayes. All right. Thank you, everybody, so much. Be truly keep us in pencils. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll all talk to you soon in a few weeks. Bye. Turn it off.